Yo, DZ, what is up, bro? Uh, man, going good, man, going good. Uh, sorry, I had uh, someone come up and make fun of my uh, GIMP hand. Um, <laughs> and so I got distracted real quick. But, uh, man, things are going good up here at uh, the BitBoy Studios. About to get ready for the 5 p.m. show and just, you know, working on our Vumeo stuff nonstop. So it's, it's a good time, good time here. Good stuff, good stuff. I mean, DZ, if you're okay to get into this, I'm going to hit you with some hit you some questions, if that's all right with you. Yeah, let's go crazy with it, too, man. Ask me about, uh, you know, the virus or, uh, you know, <laughs> some who can get pregnant. <laughs> nah, we're going to keep it, hopefully, more on you and a bit about crypto in the second half, I think. But uh, I want to find out a bit about you, DZ. I'm, I'm actually going to let you introduce yourself to the podcast listeners, because obviously anyone listening live, this is getting put on Spotify and Apple, and I record all my podcasts live on Twitter, uh, Twitter spaces. So, yeah, DZ, if you just introduce yourself, a quick one, and then and then I'll hit you with some questions. Yeah, I'm DZ. I host uh, Around the Blockchain, 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. It's a finance-based show based on crypto. And I'm also the CMO for Vumeo, an upcoming uh, NFT marketplace. And I'm a former pro Magic the Gathering player uh, who's just obsessed with crypto and just had to give up the esports life and uh, embrace the Web3 life. Magic the Gathering pro. See, I already didn't know that. That's crazy. When, when did you give up Magic the Gathering, though? Uh, let's see... I stopped right around 20, no, the end of 20, um, early 21. So uh, going on towards the tail end of the 21 bull run. Um, I, but I, I found myself obsessed with it just more and more. And I just, my stream was suffering. My Magic the Gathering career was suffering. I just couldn't stop consuming crypto content. Couldn't stop uh, trading. Couldn't stop, you know, learning about new coins. It was just it was really where my passion was lying. So you basically gave up to free up some more time to be a degenerate. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much, man. It's like I'm sitting here trying to stream to hundreds of people, you know, playing Magic Gathering, world's highest level, uh, one of the world's hardest games to play against some of the world's toughest opponents. I'm talking about chess grandmasters, bracelet wearers, the uh, World Series of Poker. And I'm sitting here looking at the one minute chart, you know, trying to leverage trade some Ethereum. So, uh, yeah, just uh, my attention was divided. And it's not really the type of thing you can kind of just, you know, half ass do. You got to you got to just give it to your all, man. It's like chess. You can't just, you know, not pay attention while you're playing you're going to get wrecked. And so that, I found myself in that position uh, increasingly more and more often. Did you ever make any uh, good money from that, though? Did you ever win any tournaments? <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say good money. It's nothing compared to crypto. But I had a good time. You know, I won some tournaments. You can, you know, I'm Docs, Nick Valdez. You can, like, Google Nick Valdez, top eight, MTG. You'll see some of my paper tournaments. And then, you know, I won some, like, eSports streamer events. But never made it to like the big stage uh you know world championships or anything like that but did hit top 10 rankings uh several times in my career top 10 worldwide i mean that's that's pretty interesting bro i'm not gonna lie i i, I have nothing interesting like that to say about myself i've never been good at anything uh i'm not even gonna count trading cryptos as a a good thing for me uh, i've lost a lot of money on it but you know we we move we move we're, we're making gains now to be man, fair it's a sucker's game man it's a sucker's game it's it's really you know they say it's well, you know, for every dollar won, there's a dollar lost. Well, really what it is, is it's the big whales making. So it's like 99% of the traders are losing. And then you have the 1% who's making all the money. And they're trading, you know, 100x your position. And they're saying they're, they're stop hunting. They're, they're, they're looking for your liquidation point. They're going to try to wreck you, and they will wreck you. Uh, there's people out there just playing from different rules. And I think FTX kind of sh shined a big light on, you know, what's going on behind the scenes with a lot of that leverage trading stuff. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, these people are always going to be the ones who get the biggest slice of the pie. And we're just sort of little fish trying to get our get our little, you know, little crumbs. But I mean, to be fair, I think I've learned a lot since I started. Most of the money that I lost was at the start. Um, and now I think I'm making smarter decisions as time goes on, you know, and it's, it's easier to learn things as you go. And you sort of learn by making these losses. Um, and that's that's the way of the world really, isn't it? It's practice, basically. But DZ, man, what is the story, you know, behind? Because, you know, you're hosting all these shows and you're doing a great job, you know, you're pulling big numbers and everything. But what's the story about how you actually came to even start hosting this stuff? Because I, I don't, you know, how have you gone from Magic the Gathering Pro to hosting crypto, you know, channels? Good question. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm streaming Magic the Gathering essentially seven days a week. I think maybe at this point I cut to five days a week so I could just devote my entire weekends to crypto. I think, you know, first thing, I, I would stream Monday through Friday. The first thing Saturday morning, what I'm doing, I'm sitting there, I'm opening the leverage trading chart, and I'm I'm sitting here, you know, opening trading view, got a bunch of windows open. I'm just, like, looking for a looking for an entrance up, down. I don't care. I just want to get in. You know, I'm impatient. I got money. It needs to be trading. I need to trade. And so, I, I you know, I'm consuming all this content. There's a lot of channels I'm watching. One of the channels I'm watching is BitBoy Crypto. I'm watching a lot of uh, Crypto Capital Ventures. I'm watching... Heck, I'm even watching you know, all the people with the crazy moon faces on the thumbnails, uh, watching Benjamin Cowan. You know, I'm, I'm getting all types of information. And I saw something on BitBoy Crypto where it was TJ. He's the CEO of uh, Hit Network, uh, kind of runs. You'll see him in the corner in the morning streams. They said something about a trading card game and NFTs. And it made me think about Gods Unchained, which I've been playing for you know months and months at this point. And so I just reached out. I, I just cold messaged TJ, who's the CEO, and I said, hey, look, here's my background. You know, I'm a professional Magic the Gathering streamer. You know, I'm streaming. At the time, I had the world's number one TikTok uh, for MTG. I'm like, look, I have bona fides in the space, you know, top 10 world competitor. I love crypto. I would love to help get this NFT trading card game off the ground. And, man, I just I need to be a part of this team. And they said, man, I love everything you're saying. We would love for you to, uh, you know, do some sort of trial. And so I essentially, I, I flew out for a meetup, talked to everybody. Things seemed good. I got along with everybody. And they're like, man, if you can come out here, the job's yours. I literally packed my car. You know, I, I think I heard this on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And I, I was gone by that weekend. Just packed my car, drove to Atlanta from Houston, Texas, rented a motel room for two weeks, like a little extended stay. And, you know, the rest is history. I, I started working for the for the channel. Um, my third day here, they canceled the trading card game. Literally, you know, rug pulled out from under me and they said, don't worry, we're going to have you doing something else. We're doing a new show. We, essentially, would you like to produce it? Started producing around the blockchain. So that basically meant, you know, every topic you saw for that day, I'm picking the topics, sending the topics to the guests. I'm booking all the guests. I'm, I'm running everything. Make sure the guests get there on time. And then probably within six months of that, they had me hosting it. And then uh, the rest is history. And now you're hosting, you know, hundreds of people. I, I mean, I, literally, it's weird, man. I, I can see your, your numbers are huge on these shows. And it's like, you, I guess if you had a bit of experience doing it before, that's always a, a, a positive. Um, but yeah, I always joked around. I actually had more time on camera than Ben. Uh, you know, streaming, you know, doing a morning stream, that's an hour a day. I'm streaming, you know, six hours a day, seven days a week. So I actually had many, many more hours streaming uh, than Ben. So I always joked I was actually more comfortable on camera than he was. Yeah. And I mean, so I mean, were you into crypto? Obviously, how heavily were you into crypto before you messaged them to, you know, get your slot on the show and, and try, you know, when you cold message them? 
but you've been into it for a few I mean, years. by the time I came out there, I was eating, sleeping, breathing it. But I, you know, I learned about Bitcoin pretty early because I was on 4chan pretty much every day way back in the day. You know, I'm you know, in my mid-20s uh, back then. I'm in 38 now. So mid-20s, 26, 27, 4chan, just would not shut up about Bitcoin. And I remember my buddy trying to say, man, we need to try to get some. We need to try to get some. I was like, man, everything from this freaking website's a scam. Everything's a hack. Like, you can't trust anything. You know, it was, it was, it was more altruistic back then. But, uh, you know, it was like definitely more shadowy hacker style uh, of a website, of a forum. And, and then I had a buddy. He basically lost his Bitcoin on his hard drive just by, like, forgetting a seed phrase or something. And then uh, someone else, they lost all their Bitcoin on Mount Gox. And so I'm just watching all these events, and I'm just, I just kind of kept it away. I was like, you know, I was familiar with it. I knew about it. Didn't buy any. And then around 2016, 2017, you know, it started getting much more popular, especially 2017. And I eventually I was like, look, I, I got to get in on this. I got to buy some, start researching, learn about the four-year cycle, learn about the halving, learn about uh, this is probably fall of 20. No, no, I'm sorry, fall of 17. So this is, uh, you know, leading, you know, three, four months before the parabolic top of 2017. And I start researching, and that's when I find out, uh, you know, the best time to buy essentially is a little bit before the halving. I actually stayed on the sidelines. I actually didn't FOMO in. I was proud of myself, and I started scaling in uh, probably six months into 2018. And to me, you know, I didn't really pay attention too much, you know, 2018, 2019. I just kind of DCA'd. Had a little strategy. I thought I was going to, you know, DCA my way to 32 ETH, you know, buying 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there. And fast forward, uh, you know, all my things started to go up, you know, all my bags started to go up. I have some bad stories from that. You know, I remember 4chan loved chain links. I remember buying a bunch of chain link. I think, you know, my average price was like $2, $2.68. And when it went up to four, four fifty, I like sold my entire bag. I was like, oh my God, I am a genius. I'm the world's smartest person. You know, every dollar I put in here, I pulled out a dollar eighty. I'm like, you know, people kill to like double up their money. You know, I'm I'm the world's smartest trader in the world. And uh every basically everything I sold in 2019, probably even 2020, I, I just end up, of course, regretting, you know, I uh, wish I would have held on to it till 21. So, you know, now just being in it longer, now I'm just kind of accumulator, more of a believer in the space. And right now, I'm getting real excited, man. I think we're in the beginning of that two year slow grind on the way up. And so now I'm just trying to learn the lessons from the previous bull markets. And uh, I think this, you know, the same thing we're all trying to do. We're all just trying to do better than what we did last time. Yeah, 100%. And I agree with you on that. I think that we are coming out of the worst point. And um, I mean, I was DCAing all the last sort of four, four-ish months. So I've caught some pretty good price points. And, you know, this tiny little pump we've had on Bitcoin has doubled my whole bag already, right? Which is which is good news. Yeah, I, I do want to share. I actually sold. I, I need to put this in the, uh, the Junkies Discord. I actually sold and took a little bit of profit on some alts. I'm just kind of having it parked in Tether. If uh, things do go down, a, a, I'll probably scale back in, you know, probably redeploy at least half of it. Uh, if it doesn't, guess what? I'll, I'll treat myself, you know. Uh, and I mean really, really small amount, like less than 5% of a, a, a real crazy alt pump that I had. What, what is your thoughts about, like, do you think we're going to go sub 20K again? Man, I, I've actually tried to – I'm trying to give up, like, the, the price predictions except for the crazy macro calls, like the macro top, the macro bottom. Um, that being said, I mean, I think we have to touch 20 again, right? Like we have to just, it's, we've gone up too quickly, you know, basically 16 to 
23, 22, just without much resistance. So I, I think a, a little drawback down to 20 is pretty, pretty likely. I, I, you know, again, I'm not for sure here, but I'd say uh, 70, 80 percent. We, we touch 20, 20 K again, maybe even 85, 90 percent. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, no one can call it. And it's a, it's one of those moments, you know, not financial advice, everyone. But um, uh, we'll talk a bit more about the crypto in a bit, actually. I'm going to bring it back to you. And uh, obviously, you, you've told us your story about how you became, you know, how you were hosting these these shows and stuff. But I, I kind of want to ask you, and obviously, feel free to dox as much as, I know you are dox, but uh, as much about your past as you want. But I wanted to ask you about any, like, previous, like, what did you used to do before all this, like, for work? And was did you go to university? What were you doing, you know, young DZ days? Well, I have a long, illustrious career path. Uh, you know, I, I grew up real, real poor. Um, so I was, I was out of the house pretty, you know, as soon as I was able. Um, just random odd jobs. I ended up, uh, I was, my early 20s, I, I basically lied about my age, uh, 1920, and I was working at a strip club. Not at the strip club. I didn't work inside. I wasn't a door guy. I wasn't giving out mints in a bathroom. I wasn't parking uh, dancers, entertainers, cars. I was in a, I, I worked for, uh, the marketing department, essentially, it's like they had this whole free admission pass program where they had people passing out free admission cards to the gentlemen's club. And everyone that came in, every card that came in that said free admission, every card had a code and I got paid two dollars. And very quickly, everyone above me quit or just had like legal issues. I mean, you imagine that industry is not the best and brightest. And next thing you know, I'm like kind of running this entire division for this corporation that has like seven or eight business, seven or eight uh, clubs all across the eastern seaboard is like from Myrtle Beach to one in New York and Nashville, Tennessee, and a couple in North Carolina. And I ran that program for all those cities. So I basically just did a lot of accounting. I cut a lot of checks and I had a lot of meetings with people every two weeks. Hey, how are you doing? Where are you going? Here's another shoebox full of free admission cards. And I did that for years and years and years, basically wasted my life doing that just because it was a real easy lifestyles. It was a fun job. You know, I got to hang out in the clubs every now and then I was like this cool corporate guy that, you know, was kind of mysterious. I was like only in town for two days and he'd leave and come back every two weeks. So I like really thought I was like, you know, the bee's knees. I thought I was like real cool. Wasted my, the prime years of my life doing that job. Uh, basically got a wake up call. Well, it was the, oh yeah, the 07, 08 crisis happened. Uh, you know, I graduated 02. So, what, you know, five years later, you know, I'm like 22, 23, and this thing happens, and man, like the money dried up. One is like society was evolving. You know, we're kind of getting away from that. Two, it was just you know the the economy was so poor, people didn't have that disposable income. And three, this was all pre-internet. And then you know, boom, then the internet happened. This is the birth of smartphones, and you know, the smarter people can kind of think of what I'm talking about. But there's less of a need for those type of establishments. And I eventually just got out of that, and I started working. And I did a couple odd jobs here and there, but then I started working for ADT, the home security business, and uh, worked my way up that corporate ladder. Uh, middle management. I sold security for years. I did cold door-to-door -door sales. Uh, ended up getting my own little sales team uh, where I had my own like little minivan where we'd like drive into a neighborhood. I'd like kick out my, like my four or five little salespeople and they'd go around knocking doors. And if they express interest, I'd come in and I'd close it. I'd close you. I'd close your deal. I even do a little pitch for you. Here's a little pitch for the audience. 
hey, can you help me out? You know, I'm knocking on your door. You open. I'm holding the ADT sign, the little blue stop sign. Uh, you open the door. I'm like, hey, can you help me out? Don't worry. I'm not selling you anything. I just want to put this sign in your yard because you have such a beautiful yard. Now, if I put this ADT sign in your yard and gave you a free security system, put it in for free, installed, cost you nothing. All you had to do is keep it on. If I gave you a free ADT system, you'd use it, right? And I'm nodding my head. I'm like holding the sign. And they go, yeah. And I go, all right, let's, that's great. Let's see what equipment you get. And then I just walk in their house and be like, you're getting a door jam here. You're getting a window break detector here. You're getting a little laser level here. And uh, here's where your system's going to go. And then uh, at the end, I'd be like, all right, and it's $30 a month. Sign here. And they'd be like, you know, they'd be caught up so much in the whirlwind, you know. So I, I crushed that job. I, I did that for years. And then I uh, got tired of that. Uh, we basically, we call it burn up the tea. We burn up the territory. We, we gave away so many ADT systems. And I'm not even kidding. We gave away so many systems, uh, we essentially couldn't sell them anymore. You know, we go into a, a brand new cul-de-sac of 12 homes. First time we're there, we'd sell three systems. So now next time we go, there's nine homes. And then we'd sell maybe one or two more. Then there's six or seven homes. Then there's five homes. Then you, then you show up eight months later, there's five houses who don't have ADT. And they're like, will you get the freak off my porch? You guys come here every six weeks. I'm tired of it. I don't want it. Get away. And uh, so eventually that job, I had to, uh, you know, I ended up just stepping away from it. it was the, the money dried up. I, I had enough of a little cushion. I then went from that. This is uh, now we're in my late 20s. I went from that to opening my own garage. I had a uh, had a Denali and they were working on it. I don't even remember what they were doing. And then they didn't call me back. I'm like, man, what the hell's going on, man? This Denali was supposed to be done on Monday and it's like Thursday. So I literally drive up there and I had two vehicles. I drive up there and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like the guy standing outside and like the, the other guy, the manager, they're like standing outside and I swear to God, there's no electricity. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, yeah, man, we actually tried calling you. Uh, I don't think we had the right number for you. Um, yeah, we're going out of business. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you know, we're going to square up. Do you, you don't know anyone who's like looking to start a business, do you? And I was like, yeah, me. They kind of look at me like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, well, what's going on? Basically, was able to buy into this business pretty cheaply. Was able to rent all the equipment. And then I ran a garage for years and years. And then um, got tired of it, said, I hate garages. I don't even like cars. I do want to continue owning a business in this town I live in. I think I want to open a bar. Uh, I didn't know anything about garages. Open one. That was a mistake. Let me try to learn about the bar industry beforehand. And so I just became a bartender. I started out at the bottom. I basically went to the number one bar in my town. It's a pretty big bar drinking town. I said, look, here's my deal. I want to own a bar in a few years. You need to let me work here. I'll clean your toilets. And I swear to God to you, I will be a superstar. You will love having me work here. He hired me on the spot. He actually told me later, he's like, you know, when you came to me and said, you're going to be a superstar, I was like, this guy is so full of shit. Hey, then he was like, you know what, though? You were right. You're like my best employee. And uh, then I was going to open a bar, but uh, I, I gave that up too. Uh, it was really expensive where I lived. It was like 100K plus for a liquor license because they're grandfathered in. They don't make new ones in that town. So it's like the old cab medallions in NYC. You know, it's like they, they just kept going up. Every single year, it costs more money to get a liquor license. And I just found myself getting priced out. It was almost like a Bitcoin. You know, it was like it just kept going up and up. I'm like, well, will I ever catch up? And uh, long story short, I like Magic the Gathering. You know, I watch it on Twitch all the time. Uh, Fortnite exploded in popularity at the time. And those, those streamers were like really entertaining compared to Magic the Gathering streamers. 
So I watch like Fortnite exclusively for months. I go back to Magic the Gathering Twitch. I'm disgusted at how terrible it is. And I say, you know what? I'm just going to make a channel and be the world's best Magic the Gathering player. Uh, basically, essentially, almost, I mean, I didn't have the world's number one Twitch channel, but it was pretty close. So I basically came, conquered, and then uh, jumped ship to explore crypto. And now here we are. And that was me finishing that sentence. And now it's the present. That was an absolute tale. And I'm not going to lie. I wasn't expecting it to start with a strip club. I thought you were going to say, yeah, I was stocking some shelves, you know, like working at a supermarket or a Walmart that you guys got over there. Obviously, I'm from the UK. I mean, I did so all that, too. Different... I, was, I was working in high school. I worked at Chuck E. Cheese, if you want to go back, back, back. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So first job, <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, I dress as the rat. No way. I've seen, see, I don't, not being from the, from the US, I've never obviously been to one of these, but I do know that, you know, they're, they're basically like those animatronics from uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, right? They look like those. Yeah, I had my hand things. up his ass. That was me. <laughs> nice, nice. And, uh, and, you know, in any of this time where you were working any of these jobs, did, did you ever invest in anything else outside of crypto, like any stocks? Oh, dude, or I was, uh, product? I can't recall the exact period. This is after the, the crash. So this is probably 25. Uh, yeah, so I'm probably out of that club. I, I've seen the whole crash, and I bought stocks left and right. I actually set my alarm for the, the opening bell. Um, so I made sure to watch, and I'd watch uh, Fox Business News every morning. I'd watch the opening bell, of, you know, Charles Payne. He was on way, way back then. And, uh, yeah, I was super into stocks. I was heavily into tech stocks um, and really had a, a pretty good portfolio bag through E-Trade. Uh, for me at the time, for my age and, you know, for my economic background, I was, I was pretty proud of it. Um, but uh, unrelated story, I end up uh, having to basically sell it all, all that for, for some life stuff. And uh, man, that hurt, dude. I, I mean, I had Netflix, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Apple, you, you name you know, like your good tech stock. I had it, had to sell it all like all before, you know, and, you know, early in this uh, crazy 14 year bull tech bull run that we had, I, I like sold it in like the third or fourth year of the bull run. So yeah, I missed out on some huge gains uh, selling those stocks. Yeah, sort of uh, hindsight, I guess. And if it's life situations, you can't help it. And it's you know one of them things you can't get too upset about it because it's if it's you know if you had to do it, you had to do it. it had to be done. And uh, you know, bringing it back to the present now, like you're, you'd like you said, you're hosting stuff. I want to hear from you, sort of what a typical day at the Bit Bitboy you know studio looks like for you. What is a day to day sort of routine there? Well, the past two weeks was a little bit different. I was hosting the morning stream. So those days were just a blur. Um, you know, I was doing a lot of interviews. I still got a regular job here. So th those days were a blur. But typically, like today, I come in, come in the office around uh, 930 or so, uh, maybe 945, but don't tell anyone. And it's me, uh, Justin Williams. He's the CEO of Vumeo. And then it's uh, Derek Brady, also known as Crypto Taco. He's the I'm trying to think of what he is. He's a he's like director of customer relations or something with Umio. He's he's the one who's like onboarding all the projects and handling uh, any issues with people. And so you know we we talk a little Vumeo. Uh, we usually each have like our own tasks that we're doing. Right now I'm uh, knocking out a bunch of JPEG junkies today. Uh, you know tomorrow it's going to be mostly focused on Vumeo. I got a 2 p.m. Vumeo spaces with Goombles. That should be pretty good. Uh, but yeah, a lot of Vumeo stuff. You know right before this we had a Vumeo call with. With employee number four, um, you know, we're, we're still still an early, early startup. We haven't even launched yet. Uh, we were discussing NFT NYC uh, possible angles. Are we going to do something there? And then also uh, some some merch that we might give away at NFT NYC. So we had a couple meetings basically about NFT NYC. And then uh, 
you know, lunch and then I'll probably knock out a couple more interviews, uh, maybe one or two, or maybe just consume content. And then around 4 PM is usually when I start prepping for the 5 PM live show. And that's, you know, make sure I'm caught up to date with the topics, uh, you know, maybe do a little bit of side, uh, research and then, uh, touch base with the guests around 440 to 445. Hey, chat, you know, they usually, we don't even talk about the show. We all just like kind of catch up with each other's lives, uh, maybe make fun of each other. You know, I like to crack jokes. I like to, uh, I like to roast people, man. I, I feel like we need to bring bullying back. I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to get away from crypto a little bit. We, we need to bring bullying back. And, you know, I say that in a good way. I, I was shamed in a better behavior and I, I feel like we need more shaming, you know? So, uh, I, I like to, uh, I like to joke with the guests, you know, cause look, we're all in these like little insular bubbles. Um, you know, some of these people, you know, like I, I was just the last guest, I think Friday, I hosted that we had altcoin daily on, I got like a, over a million subs, uh, you know, over a million on Twitter. So, you know, I, I like to, uh, yank their chain a little bit. And so kind of, uh, bring, bring a fun vibe and get everybody loose, excited, feeling happy. You know, then we, then we all just kind of go into the ATV when it's live at 5 PM and it's just like three or four friends talking about crypto instead of like a serious news show with, you know, different boxes and everyone's there to like battle the next person and make them look stupid. You know, we try to just have a good time and make it more uh, collaborative. Yeah, it's good. People are too uptight these days, DZ. You got to be, you know, bring back some of that old fashioned like attitudes. People well, at my age, I'm, I'm 24. People are, people are uptight, man. People, people get offended too easily. So, you know, bring bring back the bullying but in a good way <laughs> yeah don't judge my trauma you know like all this like how, how can you how can you put a number on what someone's going through like how can you judge like shut up shut up you're living a soft nerf life that's how i'm judging you okay there's people who don't have enough calories to eat and they have a child and their child's hungry all right and you want to talk about starbucks screwed your order up go to hell and it, yeah it really pisses me off that uh you know, it's just the people in the nerf life. You know, if you if you got a nerf life, but you act like you're in World War One trench, okay, I'm I'm gonna bring it to you. I'm gonna bring it hard and heavy. Yeah, people people need to know how good they've got it, and there's definitely you know out there so many people who are way worse off than any Western country. Really, I know everyone goes through their own their own stuff, obviously, but yeah, sometimes no, no screw that, no screw that, no, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I know everyone has their own trauma, but sometimes. You know, your trauma pales in comparison because other people have real problems and your trauma isn't a real problem. Now, I'm not talking to anyone in particular, but some people, you know, oh, I stubbed my toe. You know, let me act like, you know, something really bad is happening. It's like, well, maybe put things in perspective. Yeah, it's when people can't get their flavor of, you know, Starbucks coffee or something like that. That's that. And then they 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 whine about it. You know, that's that's the kind of complaining I'm talking about. Enough of that. Enough of that. And, you know, DZ, I'm going to I'm going to ask you one more question about these live streams that you host. And uh, I was actually wanted to get some sort of tips from you almost because obviously you're speaking in front of loads of people. Uh, you're you know, you did the sales job. And clearly I, I can tell you're a very good speaker, having listened to you for months and months and speaking to you here. Have you got any sort of tips for people looking to improve their public speaking and also sort of tips for people looking to grow their audience? Yeah. Three tips come to mind, or at least two immediately. All right. Number one, practice, practice, practice. You just got to practice. You got to get the reps in. How do I get the reps in? Uh, so I had a super Saiyan training that was knocking on strangers doors, especially today. I, I feel like people are really scared to, uh, you know, talk to people face to face in today's society because as we're all ever increasingly glued to our computer and next to our pocket here. 
but that gave me the best training possible. So I don't know if that's going to be applicable for everybody, you know, like, yeah, just go get a sales job and sell Cutco knives door to door. Like I guarantee after three months, you're going to be a better speaker and that's going to be a lifelong skill. And honestly, you'll probably look back at that as one of the best training opportunities you ever had in your lifetime. And you'll say, wow, that was much better than anything I learned in university. But I'm not recommending people do that. That's, that is a little bit tough. So a more realistic way to get your practice in would just be jump on every space that you can, uh, collaborate, hang out, uh, grow, grow a brand, you know, do your own thing. Um, you know, just keep getting it out there, more and more content, whatever you're into. I don't care if it's, you know, pro wrestling, WWE, or if it's crypto, or if it's anime, or if it's murder podcasts just find what you're into and just get the reps in get the reps in uh number two i would say you got to listen to yourself um you have to you know repeat you know what you've done and then go back and say wow i say like every other word or i say um every other word and then repeatedly watch that and then try to find tips and tricks where you can maybe eliminate that probably the best tip would just be slow down how quickly you speak so get rid of the likes get rid of the ums get rid of your idiosyncrasies get whatever get rid of whatever little thing is maybe saying this is what's keeping me from being a good speaker and so boom get rid of that and then number three whatever your space is uh whether it's you know, if it's NFTs, uh, you know, that's one thing. If it's surfing, that's one thing. If it's cooking, that's one thing. But see who's the Michael Jordan of your brand, of your niche, of your whatever you're into. If it's cooking, all right, you know, there's the Chef Reactions TikTok. Okay, what about this guy's content is so uh, awesome? Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Okay, what about Gordon Ramsay is so awesome? Okay, what are they doing? What kind of content? How often are they putting out content? I'm not saying copy them, but use it as a template. So see what the top people in your space are doing and just emulate their template with your style. Uh, say it's surfing. Okay, what's the number one surfer doing? Okay, he's he lives somewhere where there's good waves. He's out there at 5 a.m. He's practicing. He's talking to sponsors. He's doing this. He's emceeing surfing events. He's going on this podcast. He's selling this sex wax with this brand or this code. And, you know, he's holding pictures. So just see what the number one person is doing in your space and then just copy them. Uh, Gary Vee is a good template for that type of stuff. He'll give you, like, really good ideas, tips, tricks, Hey, you know, uh, you know, I'll give an example. I think it's called the 90 cent roll. You go to 45 different people's posts and you give your two cents. You do it on Instagram. You search by your city and what you're into and then just give 45 people your two cents. Do that every single day. And they'll be like, what the heck? And then watch your account grow. And so there's all these little tips, tricks. So you just got to put in the work. So those are uh, just three easy tips. Take it and run with it. Bringing bringing the alpha there, bringing the alpha, and I want to thank you for you know letting me practice with you as well because this is only episode eleven for me, and obviously you're hopping on these smaller spaces and these smaller podcasts, and you know what? what... Yeah, and those who don't know, uh, you know, actually said, "Hey, money rich, I need you to say this uh, space, do it in a mirror five times, and then we're here today." So everybody, money rich has practiced this over and over, so he's doing this <laughs> for you guys. So make sure you follow him. Jesus Christ. Thanks, man. Now, look, I'm practicing. I'm still getting used to this stuff. I, I really wanted to do this for a long time. And I was fed up with being, you know, anxious about it and nervous. I just jumped in, you know, started interviewing people. And then I saw, well, actually, I heard you on the BitBoy podcast saying you'd put a tweet out about asking smaller creators, you know, or podcast if you, if you wanted to hop on. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm actually going to hit them up. And I, you know, dropped you that DM and, and here we are. 
And, you know, I, mean, I think uh, it's... I think you said a good thing there in the beginning, though, is, uh, you know, you're a little anxious, you had a little anxiety. You got to embrace, uh, you're doing this, so it's good. I just want to highlight it. You know, you're embracing your uncomfortable nature. You have to embrace the uncomfortable nature. You have to do what makes you anxious. You have to do what you might not want to do. You have to do what makes you uncomfortable. If you don't do what makes you uncomfortable, you're never going to be anything. You're, you know, excuse my language here, but you'll just be a, a piece of shit for the rest of your life. And yeah, I'm, I'm being harsh on purpose. Because, you know, being uncomfortable and doing that thing that makes you anxious is how you succeed, is how you take it to the next level. If you don't ever get uncomfortable, you'll never succeed. You know, uh, Mamba mentality, baby. Yeah, you only grow when you're outside your comfort zone. No one, no one grows when they're just chilling out, you know, not pushing themselves. Um, and, you know, yeah, and this, this specific space made me more nervous than others because I was like, okay, I listened to this guy. I know he's bang on it with his speaking like he's he's a great speaker and you know i've got to try and like keep up with that but it's going well man and, and again i'm just showing you more appreciation here um, i wanted to ask you um the last sort of question before we jump into a couple of crypto ones um i just wanted to ask you what sort of made you want to hop onto these smaller accounts and help them out like what pushed you to do that uh one is something i've been meaning to do and i just don't do it enough and it's hard to make time it's like how do you do that so a little background i just put out a tweet everybody has said Hey, if you want me to do an interview, I'm down to do it. I'm just going to say yes. And then I just went through everybody, replied, and said yes. And so it's it more about me just not putting out the time and uh, the the method in which for people to reach out to me. And so once I like formalized that with that tweet, that's when it was just like time to time to do the thing. And also uh, partly is because of uh, Vumio, we're getting closer and closer to launch. And so you know, I, I love uh, love talking about what we're building over here at Hit Network. And uh, that's just our little multi-chain NFT marketplace. It's going to be Cardano, ETH, and Polygon. Um, hopefully launching that pretty soon. And then uh, I'll have even more to say about it once we uh, get ready for the beta. But yeah, if you want to sign up for the beta, go to vumio.io. And I appreciate the plug there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everyone check that out. I mean, the, the, obviously, my, my podcast is still growing. But the, the hope is with this as well is like people in the future, hopefully, when you know I'm on episode 100, they're going to come back and they're going to see this and they're going to see what you're doing and find it later on. And hopefully everyone grows together like that. And actually, the last thing here I wanted to say was about while we're on the subject of, of you as a person, what, what were your personal goals for, for this year? Do you have any, um, you know, is it releasing this nah, project? Goals are or? bullshit. Goals you don't, oh, you don't believe in shit. goals? Yeah, goals are <laughs> bullshit, man. Nah, you don't want to do goals. Or do you have any aims? You know? Like an aim? Nah, nah goals suck. Um, nah, I'm, I'm kind of being facetious here uh, to mostly prove a point here. And goals, you know, a goal is I, I want to lose 10 pounds. You know, a goal is I want a six-pack. A goal is I want a million dollars in my bank account. A goal is, you know, a brand-new Tesla in my driveway. But a goal doesn't get me there. You know, and you can do sure you could break down goals into micro goals. And, you know, now I'm talking about my micro goal and my micro goal is eh, sure to me. It's all about systems. Systems are superior to goals. And I'm not saying there's not a place for goals, goals, systems. You know, a goal is what leads you to the system. And so I'm all about systems. I don't really have any kind of perceived number on any given thing that I want to reach or any kind of perceived level. To me, it's just I want to set in a system of success you know that might be health it might be wealth it might be happiness and so for me a system uh, you know i'll go ahead and say you know a general idea what i do want to accomplish this year is i would like to trim some body fat and gain some muscle mass but you know i don't i don't have a goal that says you know i'm, I'm gonna trim body fat and gain muscle mass but what i am gonna do is you know last night did 
I got a hand injury. So, you know, I, I did some rehab work yesterday. Uh, yesterday, I, I jogged with the dogs. Um, you know, yesterday, uh, you know, today, I, I only chose to drink black coffee. You know, I didn't put in creamer. I didn't put in sugar. I, I'm setting in a system to get my desired result. And so, you know, Vumio, we're setting up a system of just making the best marketplace. You know, we see something that someone's doing. Oh, that's a really cool implementation of a feature. Can Vumio do that? You know, should Vumio do that? All right, let's do it. Let's implement it. Um, hey, people want this. You know, they say they want the ranking set low to high, not high to low. Okay, boom, we'll do that. We'll just set in a system of listening to the people, seeing what they want, and then implementing, uh, you know, said response. And I would say the same thing goes to whether it's investing in crypto, whether it's a health choice. You know, a system might be every paycheck, no matter what, I'm putting $50 set aside. It isn't, I want one Bitcoin. Sure. We all want one Bitcoin. Hit a thumbs up if you want one Bitcoin. I want one Bitcoin. But that goal of one Bitcoin doesn't get me anywhere. What does get me anywhere somewhere is a system of every paycheck, I put $50 into Bitcoin. And so I'm all about systems, not goals. Yeah, I think, to be fair, the way you're doing it is actually probably a lot better because it's like a day-by-day -day approach. It's like that lifestyle. Is, and, you know, you, people do get set on goals, and I'm guilty of this. Like, I think of, you know, I want this. It's very easy to, like, keep, you know, procrastinate, basically, and, and never actually make any steps towards that. So, like, yeah, like, I've been, you know, hitting the gym, and obviously in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I want more muscle. But but I, I, I have currently just been focusing on actually going, you know, as many days I can, um, you know, with the, with the rest. Yeah, and that is where a system would, uh, you know, come into play a lot better than a goal. The goal would be, you know, hey, I want to, you know, this physique or I want to go more often. A system says I have to go there during my lunch break. You know, my system says I have to go there after work and I have to go there Saturday and Sunday. And uh, all of this is popularized by Scott Adams, I, I I can't take credit for any of this. I do want to give a shout out to uh, him. Uh, he's he's the one that like popularized the the systems method. I'll have to look into it a bit more actually because it sounds like something that would be you know would be quite helpful. Um, I'm going to move it into crypto now. If that's all right with you, DZ. And I'm going to say obviously you're rocking a mutant eight there. And I wanted to get your top three sort of picks, uh, if you can have a top three for maybe NFT projects or crypto projects or both. I don't know if you have a sort of top list there but yeah um i mean i, I think number one you kind of have to give it I mean, obviously i'm biased so don't expect anybody like oh he didn't say this you know he has a mutinate that's why of course that's why um i, I think board ape definitely did set the bar uh i had a fantastic time at ape fest last year i'm looking forward to ape fest this year i'm looking forward to my final score of dookie dash to see what that's going to do so I, I think they're doing a lot of things uh, correctly of course it's a little corporate of course there's vc money I think that's what it's going to take to to get NFT to the next level. I don't think it's going to be three DGens in a basement who never met each other in real life. I don't. I don't think that's the project that you know encapsulates NFT to the masses. Um, so I, I think Board Ape uh, probably number one. Number two, I got to give it to CryptoPunks. I think you know just kind of popularizing 10k PFPs is like the OG in the space. They're iconic. Uh, the, the sales of those mutants and the zombies are just insane. So, I mean, I would have to give it a number two to that. And then number three, you know, if we were like, oh, say Pluto, say JPEG junkies, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm counting out anything, you know, that we're working on internally here. Let's just uh, be. Yeah, keep it unbiased for this last one. Unbiased here. I, I really love what WAB and the Sappy Seals community is doing. I know a lot of people look at them like budget 
pudgy penguins. I don't I don't really look at it that way. I think what they're doing is great. Uh, space buds, but to me, that's just the Cardano version of CryptoPunks, uh, Claymates, but that's almost like the Cardano version of Bored Ape. Um, Solana, you know, D Gods, eh, they're jumping ship, don't want to give it to them. It, you know what? This is a wild card choice. Probably have never said anything close to this. Let's just give a shout out to Beeple. Uh, what Beeple's doing, you know, he's making a new one every single day. He has that world's highest sell at 69 million, I think it was. Uh, he's set in 21. So Beeple, he's doing phenomenal. He's doing great things. I, I, I'll give it to uh, just Beeple's ongoing series of a new digital picture every single day. I, I think we got to give give some credit to that guy. And if you've seen any of his works over like the past 60 days, 90 days, any of his stuff with like giant SBF with mammary glands, you know, like just weird, like weird Trump stuff, weird Biden stuff. Uh, he's really been knocking it out of the park with uh, just surreal abstract stuff with a lot of you know cultural moments so i i give it to him for number three yep i mean that's that's a good top three i think i, I would be happy with that and i, I like the mention of the, the sappy seals I, I don't have one myself but you see them everywhere on, on on crypto twitter and they're you know they've got their meme maker and it's all like very good community based i think that that and it, obviously that spreads the word a lot and i, I assume that's you know how they've grown so big because they, they, they are fairly well known i'd say more and more every day i'd say they're reaching out yeah, there's one in the uh, listening right now, in fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're everywhere. The seals are everywhere. But, you know, DZ, do you, overall, would you say you prefer NFTs to cryptocurrencies or tokens and, and coins, or are you bi biased one way or the other? Man, I'm not really biased one way or the other. To me, it's just like two different things. So I, I really can't say I like one more than the other. Um, I've always had more money in crypto than NFTs, but I, I think that's kind of smart. Even... I mean, maybe when like my mutant ape spiked to 120, like maybe it was like close or something. But uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 probably if I had to choose gun to my head, I mean, I'm choosing crypto because I, I think what Bitcoin does is a little bit more iconic than what CryptoPunks is doing. And sure, yeah, Gary V, he made my ticket in NFT. Oh my god, it's so cool. Um, but I think what Bitcoin's doing is a little bit more cool. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of cryptos myself. I've only got a few NFTs, but obviously I'm on crypto, like NFT side of Twitter and, and everyone has NFTs, but I'm trying to get like dip my toes into that side of it more and more. But I do love a, I do love a good crypto uh, based project. And, you know, speaking on that, have you, have you got any utilities that sort of excite you in terms of crypto, blockchain, NFTs for like the future, you know, years to come? Well, I think tickets is going to be big. I think uh, it remains to be seen how cool, like a house deed, a driver's license, dental record. Like, I don't, I don't think that really matters. Or I think when that rolls out, you won't know it's an NFT, um, personally. So I don't, I don't, I'm not like super excited or thrilled or looking forward to that. Sure, it's whatever. I think the weird uh, Bitcoin NFT thing happening right now is pretty exciting. It's, you know, we're still remains to be seen where that's going to end up. Uh, if this is just like a blip in Bitcoin's history, or is this a, a forever part of its history? Think remains to be seen i think there's two different sides fighting pretty hard for both of what they believe in is the right thing uh i mean ape fest to me is like probably going to be uh, the big utility for me this year i don't i don't know too much else what's going on i think there's some cool DeFi stuff going on but again you know this you kind of just do that with oracles and wallet history and snapshots um so i don't you know i don't know how much more utility nfts add i guess now there's a selling component so that's good but to me, man, last year, uh, I went to the wrong Ape Fest night, right? So when I went, it was Lil Baby and Timberland. The very next night, it was Future. 
I'm such a big Future fan. I was pissed, man. I was like, God dang it, I miss Future for little baby. Like little baby's good and everything, but fuck Future. Like he just had that album. I was like, God, that would have been awesome. Then I found out the next night was Eminem, Dr. Dre, and Lil Wayne. And wow, you want to talk about really choosing the wrong night? So this, hey, I just hope I choose the right uh, Ape Fest night, man. That's that's really what I'm hoping for. Oh yeah, man, I'm I'm a big fan of Eminem, so I would have been fuming if I'd missed that one. You know, and and uh, speaking on these these utilities, you know, you're saying about and you know riding on the back of that. Do you get worried about the potential sort of reg- regulations and rules that could come in? Like, do you think crypto and that could get squashed out by? I'm speaking mainly about the U.S. government here. Uh, you know, as a Brit, I don't think if our government banned it, it wouldn't have a big effect. But if you guys ban it or do something dodgy, you're going to affect my bags. So what do you think about that? Uh, I'm not too worried. I mean, my knees are weak and my arms are heavy, um, but there's no vomit on my sweater already. Uh, I don't I don't know how much we got to worry about that. I, I think, you know, New York, we U.S. is a little weird because it's like a republic. We have 50 states who all have 50 different uh, regulations when it comes to finances. But then there's like the federal laws. And we have some states that are a lot more stringent than the U.S. Uh, New York comes to mind. California comes to mind. But then there's some states where it's a lot more loose. And they'll like kind of literally break federal laws sometimes. Like they'll make laws that break a federal law. Uh, You know, that's kind of how our marijuana system works right now. And so that would be like a Texas and a Florida and a Wyoming maybe fighting for that side. So I'm, I'm not too worried about any kind of strangling regulations coming. Uh, what I do consider a good sign is, you know, J.P. Morgan uh, speaking, you know, Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, speaking very positively about blockchain technology. When he FUDs Bitcoin, to me, that's like secretly conspiratorially also a good thing that makes me think that they're accumulating um, you know, I don't have any proof of that. So, you know, I don't want to bank on that or anything. But yeah, they, they, they speak very positively about uh, blockchain technology. So I don't, I don't think we're going to have any kind of mass exodus. I, I think it's honestly a, a strategic thing for nation states to have Bitcoin. I, I think that is going to be, you know, if, if you are a nation, you know, just from a just if you're running out some game theory, why not have a little Bitcoin if you're in the CIA uh, if you're in different intelligence agency, NSA, you're, you're the guy that controls, you're, you know, you're the guy that smokes a cigarette in the back on that leather couch when the, the young guy's meeting the dude at the desk. And it's like the heavy set guy who's like coughing. He's like, oh, I'll tell you some shit. That guy, I think, is like, yeah, why don't we just buy a few billion dollars worth of Bitcoin? So I, I, I don't see it being banned. Um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? I can't predict the future. Yeah, I guess there's two ways to look at it when when you get these sort of banks and uh, hedge funds and all these people speaking about blockchain because they're going to want it uh, to work for them, aren't they? That's why they probably FUD Bitcoin because it takes the power away from their hands. And, you know, they're going to try and, I should imagine, probably bring in these CBDCs and and they're going to want more control of it, right? Because that's their whole thing, right? They want as much of the money as possible. And that's where I uh, vaguely get worried. But I think that if, you know, enough people are actually clued in, especially in like uh, governments and I guess or Congress and stuff like this, who actually understand crypto and understand how it works, hopefully then regulation should go in a fairly good direction. Or Because I think we need regs to push it out sort of worldwide in a way to keep it safer for people. So stuff like FTX doesn't happen um and actually right right on the back of that what do you think about the binance thing where they're you know they've stopped the um trans transactions of uh, us dollars i think i heard about that literally an hour ago so oh man i was actually at lunch and uh and then we had that at vumeo meeting i actually haven't seen that uh i'll have to look into that 
Yeah, I, I think it's probably, I, I don't know, people are obviously instantly fudding, but I'm going to hope that there's, you know, it's just a, a little blip. Yeah, I was looking at uh, earthquake stuff. Um, take your funds off. You know what? I don't trade on Binance, so. No, I've just got, I've literally got, I don't keep anything on exchanges except um, I've got some uh, Rweave, which I haven't made a wallet for, so it kind of sits on Binance, which is, uh, <laughs> probably should get it off there, but. Uh, you can't put it on like a ledger. Right, well, here's CZ's response. Uh, it's worth noting that USD bank transfers are only used by 0.1% of our monthly active users. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean that's going to be 0.01% of the volume. Maybe it's a thousand times that, a hundred times that, probably closer to 10 times that. Uh, but hey, I mean, that's that's not that bad at all. One out of, It's one out of 10,000 users. That's not that big a deal. No, and also if I don't they, think they introduce a law that affects one out of ten thousand users. Eh, you know, is that really hurting anybody no, at all? It's not too bad. I think that though, you know, Binance probably faced a bigger, uh, you know, like when FTX went down, more likelihood of bank runs and stuff back then I mean, than it does here, now. Here's what I'll ask: Have you ever done a bank transfer to a crypto exchange? Uh, what are you asking whether I, I use, mean, like, use my like card? Your fiat on ramp. I, I mean, I guess more, more, I guess, uh, like a Binance. Like maybe you do it with Kraken. I, I don't know what you're using. Uh, I use Coinbase as my fiat on ramp. Um, I use a couple. I, mean, I have, I have used a transfer. I think I do transfer because it's got a less, uh, lower percentage of uh, fee. Yeah. And that's another thing. There. Like who, who, what American uses Binance without a VPN? That's like ah, zero I people. Forgot that it's actually it, not right? there, yeah, is it? Yeah. it? Yeah. So, all right. Well, it's a good fud storm. Like, uh, you know, Trevor Treasury refused audit. You know, meh. People love to fud, and it's the same people who are saying that we're going to, you know, go back, uh, hit a new all time low, that, that kind of thing. And uh, I don't believe that. I think we've probably seen the low or the bottom, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, no one knows. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got one more question for you in terms of this, this you know, this crypto stuff. I just wanted to ask for your advice for newcomers to the space of investing and newcomers, of you know, might be looking to buy their first NFT or their first crypto, you know, any basic advice you would, you would offer them? Yeah, one, don't sell too early. Um, two, educate yourself on the Bitcoin for your cycle. I think we still got this cycle and one or two more left where uh, the, the Bitcoin four-year cycle uh, comes into effect, which is essentially when mining rewards are cut in half every four years, it has a very known effect with cause a, a supply and demand uh, reaction. So, you know, educate yourself on that. Uh, number three, DCA, safest strategy. Uh, number four, don't leverage trade. Um as Richard Hart says, the easiest way uh, for a man to lose his money is liquor ladies or leverage trading. Uh, so just be careful leverage trading. Uh, don't buy an NFT until you've done, you know, 40 hours of research. You know, that's one thing uh, Gary Vee was correct on. You know, you don't want to just ape into a project because you saw your favorite YouTuber talking about it. Uh, next, practice safety. Don't end up a victim. You know, don't click malicious links. You got to really be careful about that, folks. Uh, you know, be very careful. Um, and don't let greed affect you. Uh, look, you know, if, if you're up 10x and you haven't peeled off 10%, aka get your original investment back, there's something wrong with you. Okay. There's literally something wrong with you. If you have 10 tokens, you know, you, you bought them for 10 bucks a piece, it costs you $100. And next thing you know, it's a thousand and you haven't taken any profit, you're an idiot. 
Okay, you should have taken your 10% off, take that 1,000 into 900, and then you're going to be fine. Guess what? If it triples again, instead of 3,000, you have 2,700. You're not going to be that upset. But guess what? If it lost 40% in a day and that 1,000 then turns into 600, you're going to feel like an idiot. And now when you sell 10%, you only have 60 bucks. And so, yeah, uh, always uh, you know, feel free to take profits. No one ever goes broke taking profits. And so really main takeaway, DCA – and no one goes broke taking profits. Uh, follow that and you'll be fine. Yeah, and actually you reminded me of one thing here when you mentioned Richard Hart. Do you think that Polsex is ever going to get released? I don't know, man. I, I sacked a little ETH way back in the day just because I met the guy and he's a master persuader. I don't know anything about the tech. I know less than you do or whoever's listening than they do about the tech, but Richard Hart is a master persuader. Like He, he employs several high-level techniques, Um if when I was selling ADT, he's welcome on my van every single day. And guess what? He'd be crushing sales records. Okay. Uh, so Richard Hart really knows what he's talking about when it comes to selling something. And to me, that in a bull market hype cycle, that's the most important thing when it comes to price action. Yeah. I mean, I, I sacrificed as well. Yeah. I sacrificed someone there. So it's like, you know, I'm kind of just like, eh, will it ever come to anything? Maybe. Hopefully. Uh, and before before we wrap it up, DZ, I'm, I've got five quick fire questions. I just want one answer. Like yeah, where did word. the balloon come from? I don't know. Is it Chinese? Is it full of a new virus? Is it fake? Is it an alien? I don't know. And no one will know. But anyway, no, none, none like that. I'm trying to keep it controvers- controversially free. Can't say that, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it with the crypto stuff. Probably, uh, I'm gonna ask you, DZ, Bitcoin or Ethereum? For I'm just, that's it. That's the question. Ethereum. Bored apes or crypto punks? Bored ape. Will Solana die? Technically, no. Will Bitcoin hit 100K? Seven years from now. And the last one is the all, all crucial question. Should the listeners rate the podcast five star? If they don't, they will get hacked. 100%. And if there's anything else, DZ, you want to add that I haven't, you know, asked or covered, um, if you want to, you know, uh, promote your project and stuff, feel free to. Now's the time. Yeah, uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter if you're not already, DZ underscore BTC or DZ.eth. Uh, make sure you go to Vumeo.io, sign up for the beta. And uh, also, JPEG Junkies, hey, man, we're just in there having a good time. We We make no promises. But we sure as hell deliver, and uh, I would march on over there because there might be exciting things coming. Great. Well, I mean, it's been great having you, Deezy, uh, and I'm honoured to have had you. And I, I thank you for you know actually coming on and helping a smaller, you know, smaller podcast, smaller spaces get a, get a quality guest on. And uh, I'd love to have you in the future at some time. And if, if everyone listening live and everyone listening on the podcast, uh, if you want to just hop on the the link in my bio, it takes you to my podcast. And if you want to rate it five star on Spotify or Apple or whatever you use, that would really help me out. Even if you don't listen to any of it, because it just helps push it out there a bit more. And uh, yeah, basically, if anyone wants to follow me as well, I interview someone every week and we're, we're getting some good guests coming up and some good topics. So yeah, uh, thank you again, DZ. I, I appreciate your time, honestly. Yeah, man, it was great. Um, you know, it was a fantastic time and uh, I, I won't derail it with any kind of crazy tin foil hat questions at the end. I almost wanted to, but I'm not going to. I'm going to respect your space here. No, no, do it. Was it. A great time. Go on. All right, why did Prince Andrew go to Epstein's Island? Because he's probably a pedophile. 
Hey, there we go. Yeah, I, th- I think the British public, the British public thinks that. <laughs> We're just out here calling it like we see it. Um, all right, man. Hey, this was a great time, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. Have a good, uh, have a good evening, and remember to follow me, follow DZ, and yeah, have a good one, everyone.